Hey now, what's going on? It's Jeff. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that you are listening to the audio of a live video stream from the Frumis YouTube channel. It may reference visuals that can't be heard, obviously, but if you want the whole enchilada, go to youtube.com backslash Frumis. That's F-R-U-M-E-S-S. Because who doesn't like a whole enchilada? Good evening. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to the stream. Did you miss me? I will tell you, I missed live streaming. I was not able to do it where I was at in Colorado. I had to cancel shows. In fact, I was supposed to do two live shows that I had planned off the top of uh, that were scheduled at least. And I had to cancel both of them because I just could not due to the show to the standards that I wanted. And I wanted to make sure that we all had a good show. So I said, well, I'll just wait until I get back to New York. And so those shows have been rescheduled along with a bunch of new ones. But I figured we would just sort of dive back in and tackle an interesting subject that I've wanted to uh, discuss for some time, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. I'm going to start with a little poetry just to set the mood. It's not poetry as much as it is lyrics. I landed on a planet not unlike my own. Men were caged like beasts, monkeys free to roam, soldier apes on horseback, soldier apes on foot, learned apes with orange hair, giving you a dirty look. You must fight to live, you must fight to live, you must fight to live. On the planet of the apes, don't don't try and fight one eight ape, and much to my chagrin, he began to speak to me. So I began to listen. You must fight to live. You must fight to live. <laughs> you must fight to live on the planet of the apes. Realized this was Terran soil, that this was to be man's fate. Monkeys treating me like crap. You stinking apes, you filthy apes. Learn all their customs. Never tell them no. Ape shall not kill ape. God help those who do, because you must fight to live. You must fight to live. You must fight to live on the planet of the apes. Yeah, baby, we're talking about apes. We're talking about chimpanzee warfare. This was something that I saw while I was in Colorado and I bookmarked this because I just said this was this was just too crazy not to not to take a look at, not to deep dive on real quick. So we're going to do a little reedy read here. Uh, this is from Big Fink. I'm a big fan of Big Fink. You should all check this periodical out. Um, I just like the stuff that they do. This is called What the Gombi, Gombi, I hope that's the right word, Chimpanzee War Taught Us About Human Nature. From 19, and this was, uh, this was released on January 5th, 2022, and it was written by Tim Brinkhoff. From 1974 to 1978, the chimps of the Gombe 
Stream National Park in Tanzania were at war with each other. The first time converse, uh, conservationists saw chimpan chimpanzees engaged engage in calculated cold-blooded killing. Now, we only really know, I mean, humans are primarily known to do this. Here's an ape, a naked ape right here, as you can see, chimpanzee. We're talking about chimpanzees. Chimpanzees are are devious are devious creatures you know i feel like gorillas are like really peaceful i feel like chimpanzee um orangutans are really uh peaceful it's the chimpanzees you gotta really worry about look at that look at its peen you can see its peen right there that's not a there's one foot two foot one arm two arm yeah that's the peen just hanging out going up for air um <laughs> DLW says, dude, speaking of apes, I went to kiss yesterday. I wonder if monkeys have mosh pits. I don't mind jumping to the beat, but mosh pits are primate ish. Yeah. Um, it's funny, actually, uh, always after my kids uh, take take a bath and get into their pajamas. Sometimes we do. <laughs> we play mosh pit. I put on uh, punk rock and we just like sort of throw ourselves around the room. It's really fun. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, there are some key takeaways here. When a large chimpanzee community in Tanzania split apart, the two factions went to war with one another. Groups of male chimps would patrol the borders of their respected territories, brutalizing any intruder that they came across. This marked the first instance conservationists saw wild chimps engage in coalition killing but it would not be the last. Um, and we've heard, you've heard the stories of the, the woman who had a pet chimpanzee that like ripped off part of her face. And there's just all sorts of, all sorts of grisly craziness that uh, chimpanzees are, are capable of. Let's, let's dive in. Shall we? Again, this is by Tim Brinkoff for so many years. I had believed that chimpanzees while showing uncanny similarities to humans in many ways were by large rather nicer than us. Suddenly, I found out that under certain circumstances, they could be just as brutal and that they also had a dark side to their nature. I felt the same way, Tim. The excerpt, of, uh, the excerpt above was taken from, oh, this is actually from someone else, was taken from a book called Through the Window, My 30 Years with the Chimpanzees of Gombe, written by Prime primatologist jane goodall everybody knows the name jane goodall she's the she's the monkey lady they did uh they did they've done some documentaries with her too there she's done some documentaries she's done a lot of work with with primates so obviously she's a primatologist right specifically it was taken from a chapter titled war in that chapter goodall describes her memories of and thoughts on one of the most horrific conflicts to have ever occurred in the animal kingdom the Gombe chimpanzee war that's in recorded human history. Cause if you think about animals have been on this planet for millions of years, uh, you know, from dinosaurs to, you know, from, from the first fish that crawled out of the sea to dinosaurs to, you know, our primate ancestors that have been, you know, walking around for a quarter million years, you'd imagine that, that this is just this brutality has been going on a hell of a lot longer and probably happened many, 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 many times over the, millennia let alone centuries millennia right 
In that chapter, Goodall describes her memory. Oh, right, we already read that. Goodall for us. See, I'm rusty, guys. I'm rusty. I'm just, I'm just starting. I'm just starting again. I haven't, I'm so rusty from not going live for a while. DLW says chimps aren't happy campers, but they shouldn't be a surprise. Even with their chocolate starfish inside out, even with their chocolate starfish inside out, would want to brutalize every single being on earth. Yeah. Um, so Goodall first arrived at Tanzania's Gombe Stream National Park with the intention of observing primates in their natural habitats. But then, about 15 years into her studies, Goodall noticed that the park's chimpanzee community, the so-called Casacella Kas- uh, community, had splintered into two distinct factions. So even Apes are capable of tribalism. The splinter community consisted of six males and three females moving into a different section of the park, while the main community, now consisting of eight males and 12 females, stayed put. So it was a a smaller faction of males and females, right? Both factions guarded their new borders virulently. I know what that word is. I just can't pronounce it. Virulent, virulently. Oh my God, so humiliating. Resulting in a, a number of coordinated lethal altercations. During these altercations, the normally peaceful chimpanzees displayed exceptional levels of cruelty and brutality. We don't, I mean, I guess those, those concepts for sure exist in the animal kingdom, but we don't think of, we don't tie animals to cognitive malice the way that we tie human beings. Human beings are capable of probably the, the highest form of, of, of malice, you know, the intentional, the very intentional and deliberate, you know, um, premeditation of hurting another, hurting some, hurting a fellow human being or, or animal and whatnot. You know, we think of, of, of apes or whatever we think of animals or those lower than us in some, some forms of intelligence, lower. And I don't know what you would call it. What I'm not using the right words here, higher intelligence, lower intelligence. You think of these, you, you think of animals that don't have as much uh, cognitive intelligence as humans, um, that they're relying on their animal instincts and that they do these things because they are just animals and reacting the way animals do when they're trying to survive something. And it seems here that this is the first time that humans, I think the article really needs to clarify that this is humans realizing this is the way it's always been. You know, when they say we discovered a new species out in the wild, like they didn't just, I mean, that species has been around for, you know, whatever, uh, hundreds of thousands of millions or whatever, however long, whenever it, it split off on its evolutionary branch, it had always been there. We just hadn't discovered it, but we always look at everything from our perspective. So this is new when, in fact, this this idea of of ape war is actually really, really old. I feel like this is a Joe Rogan show because we're talking about apes killing each other, which Joe Rogan likes to talk about that stuff. I know during these altercations, the normally peaceful chimpanzees displayed, except right. We already said that in total, the war lasted four years. It was a four year war and ended 
only when the splinter community had been completely eradicated. So there would be no peace as long as the other exists. And the other, when I, what I mean, when I say the other, I mean the other is, is the other, the, the other factor. The chimpanzee war had major implications, both for Goodall personally and her academic community. Many of the chimps Goodall had known closely each had a name. Sorry. Many of the chimps that uh, that lost their lives during the conflict were chimps that Goodall had known closely. So she knew them. Each had a name, a face and a personality. So imagine a community. It doesn't matter if they're human or not. A community of living beings that you know and interact with are, are, are suddenly eradicated. It's, it's terrifying. On the other hand, the war marked the first instance that primatologists observed chimps engaging in calculated cold-blooded murder, a behavior that had previously considered exclusive to man. But just how human was the chimpanzee war really? Excuse my burps. Um, so here's inside the Gombe. Gombe? I'm sure I'm saying this name wrong. Gombe, Gombe chimpanzee war gomb is it gomb <laughs> uh the war began with the death of a chimpanzee named Godi. Godi, an adult male belonging to the splinter community was feeding in the trees when he was ambushed by six casacella males in her book goodall describes how one of the males grabbed Godi's leg and threw him to the ground the aggressors in a state of enraged frenzy pinned Godi down, beating and biting him for over 10 minutes. Then, inexplicably, they scattered. The aftermath wasn't pretty. Godi remained motionless for a few moments, Goodall writes. Lying as his assailants had left him, he was badly wounded with great gashes on his face, one leg, and the right side of his chest. And he must have been badly bruised by the tremendous pummeling to which he had been subjected. Um, undoubtedly he died of his injuries for he was never seen again by the field staff. So they never even saw him again. He just disappeared. I mean, even though that sound, I mean, that sounded terrible. I mean, it was uh, terrifying to, to read that, you know, enraged frenzy, but chimpanzees are capable of so much more as so we're going to read a little bit later on. Chimpanzees are known um, to not just, not just for, you know, uh, murder and fighting each other, but they're also known to engage in cannibalism. They eat each other. They eat other monkeys. Uh, you know, they're they're. We don't think of chimpanzees as carnivores, but they are. You know, they're omnivores, but they. You know, they'll they'll eat you. They'll eat you up. You ever see Congo? All fact. All all true. <laughs> Not really, but I do love Congo. Uh, actually, I have a Congo video coming out uh, some at some point. Um. There, there she is uh, talking about it, I guess, or at least that's her. As the war progressed and patterns emerged, so they started to see reoccurring themes happen as the war progressed, Goodall's understanding of these border patrols improved. Since the 1970s, they, they have been observed not just at Gomi, but at, Mah Mahal, at, but at Mahale Mountains National Park as well. They occur in places where the territories of two distinct communities overlap. I mean, ants fight, right? Aren't there ants? Aren't there ants fight too? You know, um, there are lots of wars in, in the animal kingdom that don't have to do with, with man. 
but it's just interesting because you just don't think you just don't think that that chimpanzees would be maybe doing this sort of thing. Um, they incur they occur in places where the territories of two distinct communities overlap. They are usually carried out by a group consisting exclusively of adult males, although on some occasions adult females have been observed to partake in the raids as well. When patrolling, these normally rambunctious animals are described by researchers as uncharacteristically quiet. Okay, that's terrifying to me. There's something that when you there, when you equate the word or when the word quiet or like, you know, yeah, when you're using the word quiet as an adjective uh, when des- when describing violence or malice or murder, there's something so utterly terrifying because there's nothing – you know, as they say, there's not you would imagine like a a, a, a chimpanzee gonna go like you know going going nuts, but that's this sounds like stalking, like you know stalking their prey behavior, like that maybe like a lion would do or something. They often stop to listen intently, apparently for signs of other chimpanzees. So they take this stuff super seriously. If no intruders are found, the party returns home in silence. But if they do find one, however, they might stalk and brutalize the victim, often inflicting lethal wounds. So it's like there's no talk here about the cannibalism bit, but the wounds that are left are lethal in the sense that, you know, they will eventually end the life of the recipient. The key word is one, as aggressors always gang up on single victims and rarely attempt to fight a rival group consisting of two or more chimps. That's fascinating. So they only work to single out one individual in particular. Of the dozen or so attacks that Goodall recorded, five resulted in death. Each of these faithful fateful encounters lasted no more than 10 minutes. All five victims were dragged, pinned down, beaten, and bitten. Uh, crucially, Goodall noted that the fights between members of separate communities tended to be far more brutal than fights between members of the same community. So they, they were, they were adjusting, um, they were adjusting the, the lethal, the, the, they were adjusting the amount of force that they're using on, on an opponent based on whether they're in the community or not in the community, which, um, which are seldom lethal. So in, members of the same community it's seldomly lethal lastly while most raid victims are male attacks aimed at females also occur uh they do however involve less aggression especially when the female is in estrus what does estrus mean let's let's look it up let's look it up shall we estrus means a reoccurring oh okay yeah so so when they're in heat essentially the politics of chimp warfare the consistency with which these border patrol raids are carried out across different communities indicates that they are an integrated form of chimp behavior rather than freak accidents shaped by the heat of battle at the same time scientists have struggled to find an explanation for their excessively violent nature and again you have to you have to add the word silent to excessively violent nature because when before these incidents happen these these animals are quiet they're super quiet and they just they come in in their survey of the academic literature published on the gombe chimpanzee war i really hope i'm saying that word right 
Joseph uh, Manson and Richard Rang Rangham failed to identify any short-term benefits of lethal raids. In the long run, though, they can be beneficial insofar as they ensure the eradication of rival communities that would otherwise compete for natural as well as reproductive resources. So at the end of the day, the, this territorial, this violent territorial behavior comes down to the fact that, oh, if you're going to be other, if you're splitting off from us, then we are now in competition for resources, mainly food and reproductive resources. And therefore, you must be destroyed so that we can live. And I mean, is that not the source of all war? You are different from me and only we can be here. It's always it's always over. It's always over. It's always over resources or it's over religion. And what is the primary reason behind religion? It's it's always because you're different. You're different. Your God is different than my God. And therefore I'm right. And you're wrong. And I need to get you. I need to, to wipe you out or, or subjugate you to me until you assimilate into my culture. This explanation certainly fits, fits the Kas the Kasekela community, which prior to the split, included roughly equal number of male and female members. This is not ideal for chimp communities, which are most stable when the number of female members exceeds the number of male ones. For many species, male biased SEX ratios result in an increased competition between males. In Gombe, this competition took the form of guerrilla warfare, no pun intended. That's guerrilla spelled G-U-E-R-R-I, not like guerrilla, like the, yeah, oh, literally the next thing, no pun intended, with each community fighting for the right to the other's females. And what's that all about? If I have reproductive resources, then I can pass on my genes and I can, you know, because uh, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, in the animal kingdom, you know, um, immortality comes from passing along your genes. It's, it's, it's hardwired into all biological animals to reproduce and pass on genetic material so that life can keep going. In particular, your, your material still lives on after you shuffle loose some mortal coil, right? And this is the most prep besides food, and besides, I guess, safety and well-being, this is the single most important aspect of life to reproduce and and live on through ancestors, right? I mean, that's what that's essentially what every animal is all about. And it drives chimpanzees to war. It's oh God, it's so fast. I mean, there's so many parallels that I would draw right now to human beings that are I, I rather would not talk about because it's just so dark and grim um and and terrible but you know it happens just craziness craziness i'm thinking about war situations right now where whatever i don't want to talk about it it's terrible it's terrible uh this hypothesis while convincing still fails to account for the excessive cruelty exhibited by the Kasekela tribe, especially when considering in other chimp conflicts, females have been known to rejoin communities after the systemic murder of their mates. Uh, 
And you see in lions too, like there's always one ma- uh, male lion and it's all female lions and the male lion will, the, the, the male lion will kill another male lion and kill the male's cubs so that the mother will own. There's all sorts of, I mean, there's all sorts of twisted sort of patricide, matricide, emphasize, like all sorts of stuff happens in the animal kingdom. And it all comes down to, I want my seed to prosper over yours. To find an answer, researchers looked not at the benefit of coalition killing, but its cost. In chimpanzees, the cost is little to none. Raids are carried out in large groups and, as mentioned, only target individual unaccompanied chimps. So it's incredibly low risk to engage in this kind of warfare. That's what happens, right? It's not like it's not like two tri- two two tribes going to war and they both are risking everything. The, 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 the gang of chimps is going, is, is risking very little and has a lot to gain. And that they're, they are, they are, le- they are thinning out the numbers of the, of their opponents by, by doing what they do. Right. Um, and they don't have to worry uh, that they might get hurt themselves. As it says here, the, the correlation between power imbalance and the excessive brutality is not exclusive to chimps in the affirmation study. Manson and Rangham noted that ultra violent ambushes might've been an effective and preferred method of warfare among human hunter gatherers so that human beings who are related very closely related, I believe we share 94% DNA with our uh, simian simian cousins um, that, 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 that human humans did the same. This practice also lives on today by way of military tactics, such as the Nazi Germany, Germany's blitzkrieg, which involves confronting your opponent with such overwhelming force that resistance is impossible. As demonstrated by the Gobi chimps, using excessive force can allow aggressors to make quick work of their enemies, ending conflicts that might have otherwise dragged on for decades. At the same time, there is something distinctly human about uh, hurting a weaker opponent. And why are they a weaker opponent? Because it's one on, it's like 10 on one or whatever. It's a big gang on one. Not because you stand to gain something from it, but simply because you can. Hmm. And then, you know, I'm kind of surprised that they don't, that they did not mention this. So I, I pulled, I pulled, um, I pulled a couple other things here real quick. Let's, let's go to our sponsor first. Did you know that we're running a contest right now? You can win free custom t-shirts, just like the one I'm wearing from our sponsor, riotstickers.com. That's right. This channel is sponsored by riotstickers.com. You can find more information about ride stickers in the description or still have that deal up. We were doing the 50 sticker deal. As you can see behind me, riot stickers, not only printed that, that banner, but also printed up. Look at this. We got magnets, we got bottle openers and we've got buttons. They do wonderful, wonderful work and they print fantastic t-shirts. They also, these are the types of stickers you can get here from riotstickers.com our our sponsor on this channel if you need stickers go to riotstickers.com and anyway if you go to riotstickers.com backslash win w-i-n so riotstickers.com backslash win you can enter it's free to enter by the way 
you can get 20 custom t-shirts. We're going to be doing a raffle for this. 20 custom t-shirts from riotstickers.com. So make sure you enter. Link is in the, the chat. Link is in the, the description box. And let's watch this quick 60-second video from riotstickers.com. Hi, I'm a guy from riotstickers.com, the merch company known for being the bomb. Do you hate going to work? But like getting paid? Do you hate snow? But want to make sweet, sweet love to a snowman? That was unexpected. All right, what about this? Do you hate paying for stuff, but like having custom t-shirts? You are in luck. We can't help with the snowman thing. That's probably going to take a therapist. But RiotStickers.com is giving you a chance to win a free order of custom shirts. And entering is easier than like making sweet, sweet Get her out of here. All you have to do is simply go to riotstickers.com slash win and enter your name and email address. Riot Stickers will have a random drawing to pick a winner. So head to riotstickers.com slash win for your chance to win free custom shirts. And be sure to check out other custom merch while you're there because it is the bomb. Riot Stickers.com, Riot Stickers, we are the bomb. Riot Stickers.com, Riot Stickers, we are the bomb. So there you have it, folks. Make sure you enter. It's free to enter this contest. Win 20 custom T-shirts. We got JD in the comments. JD, how are you? He says, dude, I'm trying to bring an invention to life, and hopefully next year I'll put in an order for T-shirts. That's awesome. What is your invent? Well, I don't know if you can say. Maybe it's a secret. If it's not a secret, JD, tell us about your invention. I'm curious to know. Um, and good luck. I hope, I, hope it's, I hope your endeavors are a success. But you know what? You'll never know if you don't try. So I'm glad to hear that you're trying to bring it to life. That's awesome. Truly. Okay. So real quick, before we wrap it up here, we, we've read the main, the main piece, but check this out just to show you some of the behavior that monkeys do that chimpanzees can do. I don't think you can call them monkeys. I don't know. I don't know if they're, you can get in trouble for that. Chimps seen sucking brains uh, from monkeys heads. How about that? Now notice how they say chimps. Uh, and they they clarify the term chimps from monkeys. So so monkeys are different from chimps. Obviously, chimpanzees are primarily plant eaters, though they enthusiastically eat animals when they can catch them. And monkeys are a, an especially desirable treat. But once the snack is in hand, and with so many delicious body parts to choose from, what do the predatory primates eat first? Now it's interesting to note in Jane Goodall's. Um, notes research whatever she was you know what she was reading from uh in that um the the chimpanzees were not eating each other but the monkeys that chimpanzees capture i think they're smaller weaker you know easier to i don't know i i i guess i, I just thought it was interesting that they don't make a meal out of out of their fellow chimpanzees although they are known you know they are known to cannibalize as well uh, wonder no longer. Scientists have discovered that it all depends on the age of the unfortunate prey. Researchers recently filmed chimpanzees in Tanzania's Gombe National Park, so same place uh, where Jim, where uh, Jane was documenting the war, the chimpanzee war. Uh, excited, so they found they filmed these chimpanzees excitedly munching on monkeys, hoping to learn more about the chimpan the chimpanzees' carnivorous eating habits. Whenever older monkeys were on the menu, chimps tended to initially harvest the organs 
particularly the liver, which is rich in fat, the scientists report in a new study. But if a chimp was lucky enough to capture a youngster, they were almost certain to go straight for the tender, savory, nutrient-packed brain, biting right through the fragile skulls and devouring the juvenile monkey's head first. Is that not insane? Meat provides chimpanzees with important nutrients that they can't get from plants, such as vitamins A and B12 and zinc and copper and iron. And their enthusiasm for meaty meals demonstrates how important flesh and fat are for their diet, according to the study. It said two things that made human beings evolve from our simian descendants. One, uh, cooking our food. We started cooking our food. We were eating meat. But when we started cooking the meat um, and eating meat, it uh, when, we, when we stopped having a vegetarian diet or we moved to a meat diet, it gave us nutrients and we were able to break down those nutrients easier by cooking the meat over the fire. It allowed our brains to develop bigger. It made our brains bigger. That's, that's just one part of it. Also, when, when uh, our ancestors moved out of uh, trees, they say that there might have been a, a great barrier that separated the plains from the jungles or something, or whatever, the forests of, in, in Africa. And the, 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 the simian population, whatever you want to call them, our ancestor, ancestral population that was separated, when they were no longer in the trees, they started to walk on two legs. When they started to walk on two legs, their, the, the muscles in your throat, the muscles in the throat and the chest started to uh, develop differently. They, 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 sh they were shaped differently in a way that allowed sounds to change. And that was like supposedly the birth of language. We stopped walking on all fours, started walking on two feet, and that gave that eventually led to language. Really, really interesting sort of stuff. But one of the main things, eating meat and cooking that meat, uh, developed a brain. So it makes sense that a simian, that, you know, a chimpan chimpanzee or whatever, monkey, whatever you want to call them, uh, would want to eat, would want to eat this stuff because of the the, the goodies that they get from it. But um, it's also noted here that there's an undertone of enjoyment. Here's here's a real quick. Brains, especially mammal brains, are especially high in fat. They also contain certain fatty acids that are absent from plants that are known, at least in humans, to be important for brain function and for lessening the damage from some diseases. So there you go. And when you you know when they're getting that that much, when there's that much more coming into the mind, it develops. So JD, who was inventing something he says that he is inventing a personal tower tool organizer for tower climbers and thank you sir all as well dude that is really cool so what what do you mean by what do you mean by that tower climbers like if you're climbing uh if if you're climbing up like a like um like a telephone pole maybe right something like that i don't know i don't know enlighten me that uh, sounds interesting nonetheless and um yeah, dude, let it keep us keep us uh, abreast of your um, of your progress as you invent. That's awesome, man. I think that's really great. As they say, necessity is the mother of invention. So apparently, you know, there if you're if you're a tower climber, 
you know, it's beneficial to have uh, a tower tool organizer. Probably makes things safer, right? You're climbing up stuff. You need to have all your tools in a safe, accessible place. There you go. There you go. I like it. Sounds good. So anyway, there's an undertone of enjoyment. Prior research suggested that chimp chimpanzees, chimps, found monkey brains to be especially desirable. The scientists cited a chimpanzee study from 1973 that noted the, the brain is the only organ for which marked preference is regularly shown. And the eating of the brain tissue is always a slow, meticulous procedure with a definite undertone of enjoyment. Wow. Uh, for the new study, the team recorded 29 incidents of monkey eating by eight chimpanzees and found that if the monkey was a juvenile, the chimps first went for the head 91% of the time. So they like brains that what do, what do chimpanzees and, and trioxin zombies have? They both eat brains for adult monkeys. The chimps also were interested in the brains, but they cracked the skulls first only 44% of the time huh whenever a chimp caught a young monkey they all typically use the similar method to kill and eat them biting down on the head and pulling hard apparently trying to remove the body from the skull according to the study here's some pictures oh boy twice we observed the possessor sucking on the head presumably extracting the brain it's like wow that's nuts um Here's some screen captures showed videotape monkey eating by an adult male chimpanzee in the, in the cassette in the Kesekela community. So that, that same community that we were just talking about, they do eat monkey brains uh, at Gombe national park, Tanzania in the photo on the left, he holds the carcass in his left hand and sucks the brain from the skull in the photo on the right. He uses his right hand to hold the monkey down and consumes muscle from the inner thigh of the right hind leg. Wow, that is crazy. I'm Jack's in real life friend, just lurking. Who, who, Jack, who, who are you talking about? What's up, Dan? How are you? That's right. Brains for dinner. <laughs> <coughs> yes, these, these monkeys are brain eaters. The chimps. Killed and consumed adult monkeys, on the other hand, using various methods, uh, though they were most likely to begin these meals with viscera, internal organs in the body's main cavities, which were easier, ex uh, easier, easier to access than the adult brain. So the adult brains, once the skull hardens, it becomes more impossible. Ah, my man, Jack. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Jack's one of my favorite collaborators. We, we know each other for how, no, no, no. I know him. I know him by Jack. Jack, I call him, you know, I have him stored in my phone as Jack attack. He knows that. He knows that. Uh, and when it comes to meat eating, it's not just the other primates that chimps find delicious. They've been known to feast on rival chimpanzees too. So there it is. So that other article from the big thing doesn't even mention that. And when it comes to meat eating, it's not just other primates that chimps find delicious. They've been known to feast on rival chimpanzees too. It makes sense. On rare occasions, their cannibalistic behavior can even extend to individuals within their own social group. For instance, scientists described an incident in 2017 in which a male chimpanzee 
in uh, Senegal was attacked, killed, and partially cannibalized by members of his formal community. Even chimpanzee babies, this is really sad, and I know about this, even chimpanzee babies are not off limits. In 2017, in another study, scientists reported a male chimpanzee in western Tanzania stealing and cannibalizing a newborn chimp Moments after its birth, the first time this behavior had been observed in these primates, this gruesome event could explain why pregnant female chimps typically isolate themselves from their social group when it's time for them to give birth, going on a maternity leave to protect the babies. Researchers of the study concluded, and I believe I remember reading somewhere that, that um, yeah, what they, they do that because they want the females to be available to them for their desires if you can imagine and it's just and this was written by mindy weisberger and she's a senior writer thank you mindy he's the live science senior writer um cool that was cool so that really kind of you know there's another thing here where there's a video i let's not watch it it's it's grisly you you, there's plenty to look up if you want to look this stuff up and check it out you can um feel free i think it's best that we don't show it here on the channel so we're not going to do that ah jd enlightens us further think of a tool bags on a carpenter's belt okay the tower climbers need a specialized tool bag with a lid so the shit don't fall hey you know jd one of the best things to do is find a need see if there's a market for it and then create. And um, I think that's wonderful. Truly, truly. And like I said, as I said before, I wish you all the success, please uh, keep us informed. I, if I remember to ask you about it, I will keep us informed on your project and how the, the progress and how it's going. And uh, you definitely should use riot stickers for your, for all your t-shirt needs. I love working with them. They're great. Uh, so that concludes it, guys. Real quick, quick and dry. I'm gonna try and keep them short like this if I can. You know, maybe it's because you know we, you know, the problem is we get commentators and then it weighs us down, and I get distracted because I'm easily distractible, as you know, and it creates all sorts of problems. But um, not bad problems per se, but you know, problems in which we're trying to get stuff done. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the Patreon. Consider joining. Uh, I put up all sorts of interesting tidbits and things on there. I do special Patreon exclusive videos. Same thing with YouTube members. YouTube members also have special exclusive videos. Uh, although I will say everything that you can get out as a YouTube member, you can get on the Patreon as well. Um, so let me tell you all about my little Patreon spiel. Peace and hair grease. And remember, ape should never kill ape according to the Planet of the Apes. And you must fight to live on the Planet of the Apes Patreon. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full time. I want this to be my full time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it gonna be successful? I don't know, but I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full time 
uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that dollar 38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.